Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hello, everyone. We are back for another episode of Event Brew. This is going to be one of those fun Q&A ones where we are asked questions. The first question I'm going to ask this team, however, is what you drinking, Will Curran from Endless Events? I'm going to do this. I'm going to combine them <laughs> well, and do it at once. Ooh, I think this is the so way much. we should always do it. All right. Okay. Yeah, this, this is brilliant. Expedite yeah. things. All right. Well, yep. thank you so much, Nick Borelli of All Seated. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. You're reading your script well. Uh, <laughs> the bold parts you don't have to like say it like that, but that's fine. Well, I'm gonna go mega off script. I'm actually drinking a like meal replacement shake called Cachava, and I basically it's like vanilla Cachava with a scoop of peanut butter and almond milk. And basically, I didn't have lunch, so this is my replacement for it. Isn't it like eight o'clock where you are? Uh, it's five o'clock. Yes, my lunch hour is turning into a lunch like half day. I didn't know we were in the same time zone. For the next uh, two weeks, and then I'll be on Tui's time zone. Really? Yeah, Arizona doesn't believe in daylight savings time, so we uh, we basically have a year where we're the same thing as is place. Is there anything that Arizona does believe in? Um, Gun laws. Bringing guns into bars, uh, that you always have to have your birth certificate on you, hmm. and that we have the best Mexican food other than Mexico. Oh, great. Wow. Okay. So you're the Florida of the West. Got it. <clears throat> Uh, <laughs> all right, so Dustin Wessling, your drink. See, I'm moving things along. I, I, I'm I a deadline. Today. Funny enough, I'm drinking a bit of a meal replacement as well because I skipped lunch today and I was really hungry. So I'm having a premier protein, and I will not be switching over to a beer after this because I think those two combinations would be really <laughs> gross. So I will probably switch over to the the great classic Canadian H2O that I love so much. Wow, too uh, very exciting. So are you replacing a meal today, uh, or are you actually eating meals and then having drinks separately? <laughs> well, I actually didn't get to eat lunch today either, because I've been cleaning up in between. My mom's coming to visit me, so oh, no. my place will get judged regardless, but I, it's, True. I'm trying to have it be spar- spotless. But in the meantime, I'm drinking organic coconut water. I meant to get some hot chocolate for you, Will, but I couldn't Aww. find any. I missed the hot chocolate reference. Uh, you guys scolded me on the last episode from my, my girlfriend, so you guys learned that her favorite kind of drink is hot chocolate. Mm. She loves hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah, she was lovely. I wish she would have come on air with us. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we could uh, go with some more balance on this and, uh, you know, replace one of us very easily. Plus, we would know 100% more about turf. True. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to True. listen to that episode. Uh, uh, Nick, what are, you, what are you drinking? Yeah, uh, just some spindrift water. I guess the raspberry lime. Uh, it's... Uh, it's be- I'm becoming kind of boring with this stuff, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's a lot better than any of the other flavored waters. I really will will go to bat against right. uh, for that at least. 
yeah, so uh, so we know what we're drinking. We know what time zones we're in. We know what we didn't <laughs> eat today. Yeah, uh, Mondays uh, uh, apparently are days without. Uh, uh, you guys are very much not doing the Garfield thing. You're hating Mondays, but you're not eating lasagna. Uh, so, uh, we have one of those Q and a episodes, which I'm really yes. excited about cause it's all blind. Uh, so we just get to get surprised, right? Will? yes. Yeah. So I'm surprising you all with a question from our audience, from a listener out there in the interwebs. Um, so, uh, shout outs to Berkeley Radcliffe. I think that's how you say, um, their name, Berkeley Radcliffe. So Berkeley Radcliffe. Why do these people that write in have such great names? That's yeah, the second the- <laughs> time in a row. Berkeley Radcliffe sounds like a, I don't know, a British thespian. Uh, totally who, does. Yeah. We had a superhero last week. I can't wait till we get like Mildred, you know, something else, like some witch name. These are all definitely Halloween uh, themed uh, names. Go on, sorry. Yeah, ahead. definitely sorted by best name. So, you know, as we get around, they're mm. going to get worse. We're not just kidding. Sorry, Joe Smith. You're, uh, <laughs> you're, the, you're at the very bottom. <laughs> you're the last question we'll get to. Um, so if you're going to email us, you know, make sure you have an interesting name. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so this was around the episode for event planning around political unrest. So um, the question that Berkeley Radcliffe has around event planning and political unrest says, this podcast discusses the importance of staying updated on current events that are happening within the political climate to fulfill the mission of your organization slash stakeholders and to provide the designed experience that you intended to, especially in the current state of political unrest in the country. Who are you, who are you going to put in charge of making decisions regarding things that could be affected by the political climate? Are you going to require colleagues to stay educated within the political sphere and are you going to consider only working with pol- people slash organizations who align with your ideal politics? Boy, that loaded last Ooh, Wow, <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> I want to sink my teeth into the, the, the back half of that more than I want to get into the nearly impossible first part of that question. Yeah, and also, the for one. the record, we, didn't, we did that, what, July of 2020, that episode, Event Planning Around Political Unrest. Yeah, turns out so, uh, there's and nothing's uh, really changed. <laughs> consistent political unrest, although that's you know life, I guess. But uh, wow, that who would a, you that, task that, with this? That is a great that is a great question. I think we could probably break down break it down in a few ways um, because I think the last part of that question is probably the most interesting and um, probably can be debated. But who would you task? Well, I think that. I think in a lot of ways, the the task is going to be taken on by everybody by the team. Your comms team needs to understand what's going on in the world to make sure that, you know, that, that communications are tastefully timed and you're not putting stuff out there on the heels of something happening. I think that your planning team needs to know what is going on on the ground in the city that you're going to and how that could affect you. Is there uh, demonstrations or protests or you know, whatever else going on. So I think that first part is kind of obvious. I think everybody on the team has a responsibility to know what's going on. And it's not just in politics. It's kind of, you know, some of it is, I guess everything kind of leans back to politics for you crazy Americans. But yeah. What you yeah. Think? Things like getting, uh, you know, uh, helping the sick is considered a political thing over here. Uh, so it's uh, it's a real wide swath when you say political, uh, you know, like, uh, do you believe in uh, justice or any sort? And it's like, well, it depends. Uh, so it's all 
I guess, an umbrella when it comes to that. Uh, I love the answer that it's everyone uh, because um, it's for two two reasons. One, um, I think of this kind of less like this is like one person's job as I think of it as something to consider for your role, similar to how you would think about, okay, technology. Now, you could either – I think there is something to be said at a certain scale to have a technologist in your, in your organization. I think mm-hmm. there's probably something at a certain scale of having a consultant that would consider political ramifications of decision-making. Uh, but I think without that scale, um, then it would be the role of everyone to be a little tech-savvy and everybody to be a little political-savvy as it – pertains to their role. So I think that's one part of what what I like about it's everyone's responsibility. Mm -hmm. The second thing I like about everyone's responsibility is, is that you're not going to get this right unless you do it with from, I guess, from a diverse Mm -hmm. uh, core of people, which means you need more than one. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, even if you had that consultant, that consultant was probably would specialize in understanding lots of different people's points of view, but they're still going to be limited in their, their personal experiences and that's going to limit them which wouldn't be as strong as uh, a number of different people from uh, diverse points of view saying, well, you know, you know, to people like me, this is a political thing or Mm -hmm. to people like me, this is that. And uh, the more people that you have with different experiences, the more you get to make better decisions as to the the potential positive and negative effects of the decisions you make. So, um I guess I'm not really coming up with a different answer than uh, well, Dustin said. I'm just answer. illustrating. I like the idea that it's uh, it should be shared. Well, you know, they, they, there's the old adage of if everybody's responsible, nobody's responsible. Right? Yeah. I, so you like at some point, like what happens if you have so many people are in charge of it? Right. And that at some point, like who's going to be responsible for like the keeping the pulse on things like, you know, like I, I can definitely see like how you need to be able to continually take feedback mm-hmm. and have that diverse portion. But like who's going to be the one who ultimately makes the final say in that decision is the final event producer, you know, mm-hmm. like. I think, yeah. I mean, it's a core competency versus mm-hmm. the idea of a specialization, right? So, like, it, like the the marketing people need to understand technology, if I'm using this parallel, in order for them to be able to send messages in digital formats, and the planner needs to understand technology in order to understand the best registration software. And I think the same thing comes when it comes to political climate. The planner needs to understand what are the ramifications of the, of the city chosen mm-hmm. or the alliances made, and the, the marketing people need to understand how to message uh, in an environment, knowing that, like for instance, I think that the weekend uh, apparently is, a, is some sort of singer. Uh, I know nothing about Canadian. pop. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. fine. I don't know. I, it's not Canadian. In fact, I know nothing about pop music. Period. Um, I, I heard recently that this person said was like hyping an album that was coming out. Like it, it, uh, whatever the opposite of um, serendipity is, uh, uh, bad timing, uh, where uh, the Ukrainian. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, war was kicking off, and they're like, "It's coming! It's coming! It's here! It's it's this is great!" You know, like that kind of posts mm-hmm. simultaneously with the, this war being uh, uh, taking place. So it looked like he was like real hype for Putin, like he was mm-hmm. Putin's hype man, and uh, that didn't land well, right? So like mm-hmm. knowing like that's, timing, that's low hanging fruit. Shit, that's like, like super. I mean, that person's like, probably just so tone deaf in their like, I, bubble. I hope somebody got fired. Like that. Yeah, I assume someone's in a bubble of like you know <laughs> yeah. whatever. But but my point, I guess, is is that if the planner uh, didn't you know, knew everything and was like, I, I guess you wouldn't want to like time your tweets out of like this this event's about to kick off. It's going to be exciting. At the same time, as that like it would be a core competency 
of uh, the marketing people to understand the political climate and also know not to post during that period of time or like during Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter or whatever else. And I don't think you could put it on the planner for that. Uh, So I guess I I just think about it the same way as think about technology. Whatever you need technology for in your role, um, you have to know that part. And the same thing Mm -hmm. with political climate. You just have to understand the political climate as it relates to your role. I do generally subscribe to the idea that will said of like there needs to be someone in charge of that but ultimately uh, it's such a complex thing mm-hmm. politics you know or, or or like the the climate of the world or the or the space that you're in uh, that i guess it just requires a heightened sensitivity uh and maybe just a second set of eyes but like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you could task a manager with that and unless you're mm-hmm. like a real specialized organization like well, too, I think, you think about the events you plan. Like you pick a city. Is that a political choice? And then have you ever dealt with blowback from that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm going to enhance both of your answers and agree and say everyone is in their specific job role. Right. So what you were saying with marketing, um, I know the people that make that final decision in regards to operations should be our producers and they should be in the know with all of that. And I have a great example. When I was in Vegas, our director of operations knew that the president at the time was coming in. So traffic was going to be a nightmare. So then they had to relocate all the chance, the motor coaches and mini coaches to take different routes. And if we didn't, if she wasn't in on just current events and what was happening in that destination then we that would have been a huge red flag uh, mistake made so and same thing like i'm not going to wait for someone in the strategy and design department to tell me how i'm going to design i'm going to know who my audience is what company uh i'm an extension of and and build around there. If I know that, and I always use this as an example, but I use sustainability. I'm not going to send Hummer limos to pick up their executives if they're mm-hmm. like eco-friendly. Same mm-hmm. thing in, in this sense. Um, and it's good also not only to know the audience, but then the stakeholders. And I know when when we talk about political, a certain past president's hotel chain was like a huge chat. Do we add that into the mix of site inspections? And so Yes, it is everyone's responsibility and in their specific job role, I would say. Have the executive teams, the CEOs, um, really have that hierarching roadmap for the rest of the team. Have the marketing team, you know, understand how to go go about communicating it, doing what they do best. And then everyone in their specific department be that expert and consider not just political, but anything, whatever Mm -hmm. is happening in the world around because you're right we don't want to sound tone deaf or Mm -hmm. to to overlook something especially if safety is considered Mm -hmm. yeah i think tui hit it right i mean the the most the most important thing you can do is know your client know their values know what they stand for because if you know all that and you've done your homework and you are entrenched in who they are you will then be able to identify really quickly when you know a state bans trans youth from using a bathroom you're going to know that that's something you need to bring up and say hey we're bringing a conference to this city and their values no longer align with ours and i think that you know that's obviously one one you know burning example of something that that did happen and a lot of events did pull out of that state because of that and and i think that it's our responsibility to know and understand if you're you know if your client is about you know 
building inclusivity and diversity, then you probably need to be aware of those things when they happen to make sure that the attendees on behalf of that client aren't like, what the hell are you doing bringing me to this place that doesn't fit the values that you say you're worth? The second half of this question, I think, is so intrinsically tied to the first part of it, because what we found out in the first part of it is, is that, or at least the consensus seems like that it would be very difficult for you to be considered a professional, regardless of what you do, and and claim to be in a political vacuum. You'd be like, oh, I don't know anything about politics, so it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, about my job. And it's like, no, like if you're if you're a professional, you take those types of risks into consideration and those understandings of the impact on the on the event, regardless of your role, be it hiring transportation uh sending out tweets like it's just a uh it's just a part of of being a professional uh and having understanding and like some people are going to be better at it than others and it'll be like a, a core you know competency plus you know if you're really good at it it'll be probably one of the things that makes you a value added uh partner and it'll probably likely uh, help you maintain relationships, you know, stronger, you know, you can be like, well, I guess technically that's not your job, but like, I don't want to work with you because like, if you don't have that, you know, skill set, then you're kind of a liability mm-hmm. to my team. Um, but the other part of it is eventually you get to the point you're like, okay, so we talked about like understanding the political ramifications of things, but we didn't really talk about like when it matters. And I, the only way I can think of the answer to when it matters is, is that when it, it, is against the uh, sole reason of the of the event taking place and is in opposition of uh, the uh, organizing principle of the event and what the community is about. So um, I could see an organization where there is no better venue for them to meet than a Trump hotel. Uh, I could see quite a mm-hmm. bit of other ones who are either neutral or uh, or not or or the opposite of the the values associated with that brand. Uh, that that would be a detriment. It's not just the space. There comes baggage with it, and that baggage would would hurt the uh, the overall uh, experience. You know, the the intentionally designed experience. Mm-hmm. It becomes so, a distraction. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think the, the yeah the neutral. This is something I've said like the last like I don't know five or six years about like having an event at at that venue or those venues is that unless you are hard right conservative, uh, anything short of that. Uh, which would be an alignment of brand. Anything short of that is at at best a distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, like imagine someone saying like like what percentage of your your uh, attendees would just like you know fifty percent or or more. Even if it was fifty fifty down the line, you'd you'd, lo- you'd, you'd be losing fifty percent of your attendees mm-hmm. over a political affiliation of the owner of a hotel. Mm-hmm. It's not and smart. Usually, not even the owner of a hotel the licensee of a name oh it's like, way more entrenched than that like it's yeah. it's definitely it's the not, brand yeah it's it's the brand which is really unfortunate for owners of those hotels that, yeah yeah like, i mean I, uh, an argument could be made that you know like that that you know what you got into and that like there there's the good and the bad of that and, and whatever um you know i i don't know i mean that, that there's something to be said about about that mm-hmm. uh, i mean like th- there's there's people who clean those hotels who need a job and like that's something there was a job that was open and then they have to go back to thanksgiving dinner or or the regional equivalent and uh and say you know just got back from cleaning the trump hotel and get a, not, a lot of nonsense for that uh you know it's somewhere down the line woe is the millionaire uh you know license owner of a, of a chicago trump hotel or whatever boohoo mm-hmm. but um th- i feel like 
it's a distraction. <laughs> like it, only that brand wouldn't rebrand, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like on brand for them not to rebrand, <laughs> like and, and just like take losses and like and like not talk about it. And like it's it, it really is like such a it's such a cohesive brand in that respect. Um, but it, it's a it's a great example of a decision, like like to be said, like a decision you have to make uh, when you're. Um, when you're doing these things. And then I, I think of like education and speakers very much around that same line. Like we, we had that example years ago that we've come back to a couple times of like CES saying like, I'm sorry, we didn't have enough women in the women of technology panel. Let me, let us make this up to you by having a Trump on that too. Not to necessarily make this the Trump show. Uh, and, and also saying his name out loud in this week. Like I, I didn't expect to say that, but here we are. Um, and yeah, so like, you know, like who was, who was the people in your community who, uh, had the issues initially with that? And like, what are they about? What, what is their thing? And like to say that like that was a solution obviously proves that, you know, like really solidifies you don't know your audience, right? Like you, you just aren't paying attention and, uh, people make decisions like that, right? Like they don't feel a sense of belonging. They feel like they're being pushed out. Uh, they don't feel a community when you are at odds with the community. It's, it's very much uh, a different animal than, you know, choosing an unpopular uh, meal for lunch or or having you know some kind of decision that's subjective, uh, not being optimal. This is a violation of of community standards, and it's really the thing that um, if you make bad decisions like this, uh, you can uh, be at outs very quickly, like very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I then, think for all those reasons, though, there's <clears throat> there's going to be lots of times where that is appropriate, where that does mm-hmm. fit your demographic and you have a more, um, you know, right leaning demographic by nature. Maybe it's oil and gas. Maybe it's, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And then that, you know, those the majority of those attendees would embrace that opportunity to be in a more political climate or a more right leaning climate. So it just so happens that I think most of us are quite liberal in our thinking but that doesn't that doesn't mean that our clients have to be which i think is a great segue into the next question oh i totally want to deep dive into this and i'll ask will it so will (laughs) are you going to consider only working with people and organizations who align with your ideals politically well for for me like as a business owner like i've never cared right like i like there is sometimes uh, like i'll give an example we got a request for a quote to do an alex jones event and we didn't wow. get told it was an Alex Jones event. Um, and it, that's a pretty extreme one, right? Um, and I, we figured it out because they said how much security there was. And it was like – I forget what it is. They said it was political, but we were like – but there's no like government involved. So we, we ended up like and figuring it out. political Alex Jones conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Just talking about was, sports. You know? So like that event and not even happening anyways. Oh. But, but I know it would have been like absolutely nuts to do. But, um, you know, for me, like I've always just tried to stay super neutral when it comes to my cats meowing right now. But I've always tried to stay super neutral when it comes to my, my politics and, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, I'm just serving the customer and trying to help them do whatever they're trying to accomplish. It's not about me accomplishing, you know, uh, a specific ideal or uh, a, a level of, of, of an event. It, it's literally just about me helping that person achieve what they need to do. There is a certain point where, you know, I definitely don't want to be, you know, like I can imagine, I guess like 
planning an event for like Hitler or something like that and like going through that 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 aspect you know what I mean like that's a really extreme When's example When's his 100th birthday is that <laughs> You know I, I let, let, you know I think there's a certain point where it's something super extreme but I don't think for most cases things are extreme as like Hitler or you know something like that right So Yeah agreed I mean yeah. <laughs> So I'm trying to just provide like an extreme the bar example is really of, low. Of, of of this yes so that You work for anyone as long as they're not as bad as Hitler <laughs> As long as they're not Hitler Yeah um so so I think the, 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 the kind of the point that I'm making, though, is that like by remaining neutral, it's about me accomplishing what the client needs me to accomplish. And I think that you guys brought up a really good point, which you I think, Dustin, you alluded to this idea that like it's almost a solution to the second question is you have to know your stakeholders and what they're 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 supposed to accomplish because, you know, requiring them to stay educated and then focusing them on you know, only a certain political ideal. Well, ultimately it's about what the customer is trying to accomplish and what they're Mm -hmm. trying to do. Not about like what I care about in any sort of fashion. And ultimately too, I think too, like if you're a a planner inside of an organization, you might have times where you disagree with it, but if that is ultimately who your audience needs and what they need to accomplish their goals, it might end up being the thing that ends up having to happen. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, like you said, like if you're planning a uh, conservative conference, right? You know, you're not going to sit there and be like, oh, my gosh, how dare they bring Trump in to do this X, Y, Z. You're going to be like, OK, well, that's obviously part of your goal is to, like, mm-hmm. rally people together. And that helps you drive more ticket sales to bring your cause to raise more money, whatever the heck it may be. It's like, mm-hmm. OK, that's what we have to end up you know, doing. So but I think there's a couple there's a couple things in that that I think are really important. Um, you need to know your team and you need to know what is you're going to how you're going to get the best out of them. So if you know that your team is more liberal, and you know that they're you've got a really diverse team and it's going to be an issue for you to take on a political client specifically, which I know is like narrowing in on the question really really steeply but if you know that that is going to make your team uncomfortable if you know that that's going to make your team not be able to perform at their best then you as a business owner you probably should pass on that piece of business you probably shouldn't you probably shouldn't take in you should probably pass it off to somebody that can better align with that client if if you know there was a you know i think if i was in that situation i would ask myself i would say is you know, can my team really put all of their bias to the side to do this? And if the answer was no, then the answer is no. And you move on. That's not, I think, I think forcing yourself to be aligned with somebody because it goes kind of back to our first, our first question where it's like, how can you really watch out for that client? And how mm-hmm. can you watch out for all the things that are going to come at you if you aren't truly aligned with what they, what they believe in? And there's lots of planners out there that can do that work. So if you, if you know that yourself or the, the core of your team is going to have a pushback towards it, it's probably your responsibility to pass on that piece of business. I think that it's completely reasonable to ask your employees to stay apolitical. I think it's completely reasonable to require them. If you want to be in the know about politics, then you need to make sure that you're open-minded and you're looking at all sides. Like don't, yeah, don't bring your, you don't bring your, your MAGA hat or your, your, you know, Biden hat or whatever, whatever it is that represents Biden. Like don't bring it around here. Cause that's, that's, that's not where it belongs. So, um, yeah, my, my thing would be, I actually have an example. I have a colleague here in Canada that reached out to me and said, and said, Hey, I've got a request to do a job for the conservative party of Canada. And I've got some, uh, you know, diverse, diverse group of employees. And there's a couple people on my team that are LGBT plus, and, um, and they're really not happy that we're considering taking this job because of, you know, the, 
you know, they don't, that's just doesn't align with their values. And he says, what would you do? And I said, well, number one, I think you need to like, make sure you understand what their real concerns are and make sure those concerns match. Because sometimes political parties get painted with this really weird brush. And sometimes there's a lot of assumptions made without looking into it. And I said, I think if you were to actually look into these specific issues, you'll see that it's not a problem that's there. It's the idea of that party that they don't like gay people or they don't like this or they don't like that. And when you dig in, you find out that that's not actually true. And here's a great opportunity for you to share with them that that's not the case. And at the end of the day, if it's going to cause disruption amongst your team or make your team uncomfortable, then you say no. You pass on the business. And also to like balancing that fact, if you need that job in order to make payroll, you might want to have a conversation with everybody and be like, hey, you know, we need we need to do this job like our life. Our, a know, town our, hall, the transparency you know? seems like a, an issue, a, a way to I mean, it's it's not the I mean, I, I, I like a good dictatorship in a business. But like in, in an instance like that, it seems like it wouldn't be a bad idea, at least to set right. some kind of like tone, you know, for things moving forward. That is interesting. Like that actually just communicate if there's a reality behind the decision of, of saying yes, because of, uh, you know, like specific needs of, of the organization and say, like, uh, just want to make you, you know, we're all in the same boat, just made to make you aware, like there, there's potential ramifications to the business if we don't say yes to this yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then have them buy into it. I mean, you're still ultimately. Do you think that would get church. responded to well? Like uh, we're thinking about, I want you to think about a, you know, a, a, a young person in our industry today. And with the convictions of, I don't want to do any work for this political party because of what they stand for. Do you think there's anything you can say as a business owner that would be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to put, I'm going to put that aside so that this business can make another million dollars. Like, I think that would be a tough, uh-huh. yeah. tough. So, sell. I mean, it, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I would say I, I like to, I like to uh, try to go into situations treating adults like adults and saying, okay, like here's here's the, the the benefit to the business and you know like to me like i i can this is how i see it that would be palatable um ultimately you know want to be able to retain you all as team members and you know have this be the same culture uh what would it take like okay this is th- this a meeting is going to happen either way uh you know like this is like let's say it's like not something that's like absolutely terrible mm-hmm. it's 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 just a meeting of a group that this person doesn't you know necessarily agree with their overall it's the, the cats and dogs. They really like. Yeah, dogs, they're the dogs like and they're the cat people. Yeah, so it, it's a okay, uh, you know, um, cat person. Um, this is a dog conference, so uh, it's going to happen. I it's love gonna this ha- analogy. Yeah. <laughs> team dog, team dog, yeah. team, do- team dog. Take that, for sure. Will. I'm definitely team cat. So we're, we're oh, we're, 50, we're divided. 50. Wait, yeah. can I just say how I love that we're talking about politics? Like this is the exact kind of conversation, like topic for event brew like i think we should talk about religion next after oh oh jeez you don't want me for that that's the thing i know the most about it's it's not good but i agree Uh, with dustin it's like you want to be i i feel like it's case by case scenario and if that individual is uncomfortable and it's something and i i go back to hot because we just had our january company-wide meeting and we talk about how we want to take business that aligns with our value the company's values obviously there's not necessarily like politics involved in that but i feel like it's a case by case and if something is like really traumatizing or something that you stand by like me as a designer there's so many aesthetics or themes or concepts that i'm like eh, not my cup of tea but again it's not about me it's about the Mm -hmm. going back to the audience but if this is a company or a brand that like i'm extremely triggered by because of some kind of 
whatever that like I stand my by my morals, then I would just ask kindly. Like I wouldn't say we can't take this as a company, but I would say I would not like to be on this project. Like this is something that I would not add too much value in because Mm -hmm. it goes against it. But again, it's case by case scenario. Mm -hmm. Something small like Dallas, one of our biggest clients. Do am I team Apple? Yes. In my personal life, do I have a Dell work computer? Yes. Am I going to fight that? No. Like, you know, but when I've literally to, worked with people who like when it's been like sports teams, they're like, oh, oh yeah. I can't work for them. I like this sport. I'm like, come on. Like, it's <laughs> such a like it's such a subjective. Well, nothing. Some of them, it's religion. religion. Yeah. It's, <laughs> if that was our only problem in the world, right. like, wouldn't that just be a wonderful <laughs> place to live? But I've also had well, conversations in, in the political arena uh, with as it comes to taking on gigs where uh, an organization has said, hey. Uh, this is this event itself is it's going to happen with or without us. We can do it mm-hmm. professionally. We can do it well. Uh, we can we can show people how great we are. Uh, and then also, you know, look, I, I, let's talk. Maybe we can give some money to uh, from this gig uh, mm-hmm. to an organization that we believe in and take their money and we can put it somewhere that we believe in. That, yeah, yeah. My my colleague that I was talking about, that is exactly what he did. So he said, feels good, right? He said, why don't we take some of the money that we're making from this and let's offer it to an organization that you choose in the community that we can do some help because we're not going to stop this event from happening. This event is going to happen. So why don't we do some good with those dollars? Ooh, I like That's that. Nice. I think those kinds of transparent conversations with your team uh, you know, in the face of those kinds of things, uh, makes everyone really feel stronger, creates buy-in, and it also uh, makes makes everyone's sensitivity and understanding of like what's important to people. Uh, it puts it out there, and it, it also we're creatives, right? So we should be able to have conversations around goals and creativity and alignment uh, in what we do, and come up with solutions like that um, that mm-hmm. are you know the net positive results. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I've personally been in situations where I've I've been with organ or you know with organizations and by myself with with organizations, I felt it easier uh, to uh, just go with the flow. Uh, they weren't again, they weren't like I'm not going to go so far as Will's example, but uh, <laughs> like they weren't uh, like there's been some instances of event of uh, opportunities which I felt were like. Eh, you know, like the, the, I definitely, I'm not aligned with them, but, uh, you know, that's okay. Like I, I, I'm a big proponent of, um, spending a lot of time and listening to people who are on the other side of the spectrum as me. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not, maybe it's a point of privilege where actually not, maybe it definitely is where not a lot of stuff necessarily is gunning for me or coming for me. So I can generally be in groups of terrible people and be like, well, oh, this is, these people are not great, you know, but you know, whatever, because it's, uh, it's, it's not me. It's a beautiful place yeah. for a yeah. straight white cis yeah. male. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. It's yeah. like, yeah. Ugh, I, don't be- I don't believe in what you're saying. Uh, I'll take your money, though. And uh, also, you know, like, so I get all that. I, but I have in situations where it's just been myself and I've made some really selective decisions on not working with people because I'm like, nah, I don't like them. Yeah, that uh, choice. I've also mm-hmm. been in, in, in situations where I've I've found people so distasteful uh, that I uh, and about their beliefs uh, that I've shared their be- their own beliefs with other people uh, <laughs> to make sure that everyone knew where these people were coming from oh, wow. uh, in order to have them not uh, have them make their own decisions about them. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't work for someone who is a minor celebrity in the in the and in the conservative world who needed was looking for an expert witness. And uh, as I found 
heard more and more from the lawyer about what would be involved and and how this person was a, a controlling crazy person uh that, that they you had to be politically aligned with them and they had to interview a bunch of times because the uh, lawsuit was uh, about their uh shared values that the uh, hotel that they ha- were going to have their event in which uh put a, a crazy stipulation of uh making people wear masks uh which didn't align with his values uh Jesus of Christ. Uh, you know hurting people for freedom um so i was like yeah i'm out this isn't like the yeah, I've I've no reason. I was like, I guess I could play the like I, when I was in uh, speech and debate. Like they taught you how to basically believe anything and mm-hmm. and fight both sides of it. I was like, I intellectually I could see his you know perspective if I had to, uh, but I'm like, this is gross. Like it it like literally just wasn't something I want to do. And as a solopreneur, man, is it easy just to be like, nope. Yeah. And I do want to touch base on here. Are you going to consider only working with people and organizations who align with your ideals politically? I would actually say no. I don't want someone to be to work with someone that's that's exactly like me. Right. Let's go into DEI then. As long as I feel like you you are respected and you feel Mm -hmm. safe in a scenario then I actually embrace it. I want to work with people who come mm-hmm. from different walks of life that are different. I have friends who are different than I am politically, religiously, you know, D, all of the above. And there's just so much love I have for that individual. So as long as we're not forcing each other to mm-hmm. to convert or whatever the case may be. And like I said, going back to the attendees, it's safe for them. And everyone feels respected, then... I say embrace it. There's probably going to be so much more creative solutions coming out from that, as long as it's not Hitler. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that, that, that's that's our limit for saying that word on this uh, on this episode. Just so yeah, you know, he's not Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah, we actually hit it three times ago. Um, I do I do encourage my employees to. Um, to believe in what they want to believe. And I don't, I, or sorry, I should say, I don't discourage them from having healthy political debate. I don't discourage them from, um, they don't need to follow my values and they don't need to follow my political beliefs, but I do ask them to, and this has actually come up. I won't get specific about the situation, but it has come up or I've had to be like, Hey, it's really important that we appear neutral. It's really important that what we put online, if you are going to be, publicly out there representing my company in any way, then I, I, I do have to say like, let's not get too stirred up in politics. Let's not get too stirred up in supporting or not supporting and the way that we talk. It's really important that we don't paint our brand with that brush. Um, and that's in, you know, those, at least here in Canada, that's, you know, we're, we're not quite as divisive with our politics, although (laughs) It's been getting kind of wild up here the last couple yeah, months, but <laughs> I think we started a world movement of parking trucks in front of uh, <laughs> government buildings. But, um, but yeah, I I think that I I I want I want everybody to follow their their beliefs, and I I don't stop them from doing so. I do caution them in the way that they share it, especially online. Um, yeah, because very few people actually have political conversations in person. This shit just happens online. That's where all the garbage is, <laughs> right? Like, you, like you have a conversation with somebody about politics in person. Generally, you can have like a some civil discourse, and then it gets online, and you're like, "Is that the same person?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, the volume and uh, uh, the rhetoric, and then uh, it goes up, and then the, the listening goes down. 
and then in person it really is the the thing over the last like eight or nine years it really keeps solidifying the value of in person to me is the fact that it's uh, there's a level of civility that is more likely to occur with uh, visibility and uh, and lack of anonymity uh, and understanding that you're talking to a human being. Like all those things combined uh, really are one of the most potent uh, aspects of, of live discourse is the fact that you're uh you, you start to initially you really mo- most humans want to build bridges between other people like it's very there's it takes a very special person to you know want to hate someone immediately who's right mm-hmm. in front of them mm-hmm. uh the majority yeah. uh, of people generally want to get along with people uh when they're in front of them and then online it seems like there's a lack of humanity baked into it that allows you to uh just repeat things at a louder and louder and more mm-hmm. absurd uh, space, mm-hmm. and, but, but with I, no with no consequence. With yeah, because no, it's not a person. It's just you don't. You know, if somebody calls you out, you don't have to respond. Whereas when you're face to face, it's like it's the equivalent of like that Homer Simpson gif where he backs up into the yeah. bush. <laughs> yeah, one of my I mean, one of my favorite, um, uh, I guess, aspirational virtues is humility, and I think that you know a lot of humility is about you know acknowledging you don't know everything. Uh, and when and that's the worst, oh, yeah, which is tough. That's right? the like, worst online. It's like, which never forgets anything. You don't want to, you know, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that when it comes to having all of your beliefs, uh, align with everyone, I think that's obviously, it's not likely, it's probably not good for all the reasons that you said. Uh, I think that there is some kind of line, though, and that this is where it gets tricky, like all things, because everything about politics is gray. Uh, and it, lately, this has become a wider and wider gulf as to what is alignment and what is like, uh, I don't know, a basic human decency, right? Mm-hmm. Like even basic human decency seems like it's debatable currently in, in where we're at. So, you know, like if someone's like, look, I, you know, I don't believe you should exist, you know, like. Uh, and I, I hope, you know, and I'm doing everything in my power to make you unsafe and people like you unsafe. If that's the case, then that that's not, in my opinion, that's not not believe or not like aligning with someone that is an active uh, person trying to cause harm. And uh, in that instance, that's that's a good place to say no, you know, uh, and I think that we just do a really bad job at saying when that is versus the well you do this so you're basically six steps removed from the h word uh right and like i that that whole sorry i didn't say it uh and uh but like that whole concept of like everything gets turned into that right like the reason that even that came up is because like we we can't uh talk about grays anymore it's black and white you're mm-hmm. with us or against us and i'm like well it's great that you're with us if you're not with me completely that's fine we can get along still Mm-hmm. I will say eventually it gets to a point where you're like, well, you're actively trying to hurt me. Probably right. don't want to work with you. Right. Th- that's where I think that we need to talk about like that level that like it's not, you know, most of us don't live or especially with teams like such a privileged life that we get to only work with or only work for people who are 100 percent, you know, of the same hive mind we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, like you guys said, there's there's so many reasons not to, you know, just exclusively work with people like that because it stunts growth and creates echo chambers. But uh, I think there there still is for everyone who's like, I wouldn't work with this person, work with that. Just like figure out what your line is, you mm-hmm. know, like 
and know that like there there's a healthy bit of middle ground in between mm-hmm. being someone's best friend and and doing being a job a, and doing a job right yeah that's and this is just a job guys like we're just doing a job yeah yeah yeah, that's... I think it's also important to point out, like, none of us are HR professionals. So if you are a, <laughs> bus- a business, a business, do whatever leader, they say. Well, fuck. If, if you're a business leader that's making making decisions about how to approach this with your team, you got to make sure you know what you're doing because there is a lot of protections in place for employees when it comes to this stuff and uh, discrimination uh, towards your employees because it's it's easy to forget that you can be discriminating to things that you just don't agree with and discrimination isn't always those hot button topics and you got to be really careful in the way that you approach this and that's why it's a good idea to make a decision about the culture and who you want to make sure that you're bringing on board the people that you know are going to be a good fit for you and not retroactively trying to change people's minds um, after you've already hired them. So I just say, be careful with the decisions that you make and the conversations that you have. And there is, I think, I think there is a, there's a, there's a peaceful way to come to, um, an agreement and it always starts with great culture and, uh, yeah, don't be a, don't be a petty tyrant and don't be the leader that's running around putting your political beliefs on everybody else and then asking them not to do the same thing. Amen. Ooh. That's great. Good way to end this, Dustin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here before you guys say that stupid word one more time. <laughs> well, yeah, I think a, a awesome conversation, I think. Is there any last fleeting thoughts from anybody? Like one one final summary, one takeaway that you would have for the audience. So I think one of my big ones is that the best thing you can do is know your audience, right? Like we talk about this so much time as like a core you know, event prof thing that you need to do. But like a lot of this can be really understood and I think makes it easier when you know your audience through and through across the entire board. So yeah. What if, what the, are takeaways you guys got? The Nick. team thing that, that, uh, that was talked about a lot today. I think that we don't wait we don't have to wait till this stuff happens. These mm-hmm. hy- like create a hypothetical situation yeah. in the lunchroom of your, you know, your yeah. team or wherever you meet yeah. or your Slack say, channel. All right, I'm going to give you three different potential clients that were made yeah. up and what they're about, and we're going to talk about what would happen if these mm-hmm. these were a potential bids that we could have. You know, yeah. t- walk me through what this experience would be like. There's no wrong answers. We're working this stuff out out loud. You know, we this isn't real. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do this before we get in a situation where we know where people hot where people's hot buttons are, and you probably find out you know what what the triggers are for your team and, and what what is the line and. Uh, maybe there's time to have a conversation around, um, you know, working out ways to build these bridges as opposed to doing it immediately and saying, like, look, we need this money. We need that. Like, you're not under the gun. So create create kind of like this uh, role play scenarios. And I think that you'd be in a good situation to, um, you know, really come together as a team a little bit more closer before you have to make you know tough decisions in the moment. Mm-hmm. Great advice, Nick. Great advice. Tui, what you got? I mean, the only thing that's coming to my mind is not missing this opportunity to quote Mean Girls, where I wish I could bake a cake filled with rainbows and smiles and everyone would eat and be happy. But then again, I don't even go uh, here. Listen, you, <laughs> you you got it in. Yeah, no, I got great. it in. You got it in. California, everybody. Uh, I will say my 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 final note on this is 
Um, make sure you really understand where people are coming from. Don't make assumptions about your team's beliefs or your client's beliefs. Um, through COVID, when the vaccinations were coming out, um, I used to just think that everyone was an anti-vaxxer. And even people on my team that, that didn't want to go get vaccinated, I painted them with the same brush that they were anti-vax and they were just like, they were, they were right-leaning anti-vaxxers that just didn't want to do it. And I learned from, um, so Dr. Lana Potts is one of the doctors that I worked with while I was working in the indigenous communities in Canada. And she taught me that there is a, there, there is a whole spectrum of people on there and it's not always anti-vax. Some of it is, um, vaccine concerned. Some of it is vaccine hesitant. Some of it comes from medical trauma. Some of it comes from, from history. Some of it comes from just a fear of needles and they don't know how to express that. And they, everybody gets point painted with the same brush. And when I went back to my team and I started to dig into the reasons why I learned that it's not just that they're just these gun toting anti-vaxxers that are just don't care about the world. There's real concerns there that needed to be addressed. So I say, make sure you really understand where people are coming from. Don't paint everybody with the same brush just because they're Republican doesn't mean that they're this way or that way or that they love this or love that. Um, and yeah, and just and and get to know them. And the more you keep that communication open, um, the better you can be as a business, and the better you can be for your clients. Good one. That was excellent. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, huge shout out to Berkeley for asking this incredible question that got us forty-seven minutes in of excellent content and great deep conversation on politics which Check is what this podcast is all about i think we danced i think we danced around 20 different things while we were on this podcast we were trying very hard not to talk about things in a very specific way which is very difficult to do yeah yeah it definitely is but i don't want to get you. sued that's why i didn't use the name yeah my... <laughs> i just don't want anybody to get mad at me and come hunting for me the next time i'm in the u.s <laughs> they're coming for you um <laughs> Berkeley Radcliffe, thank you again for your awesome question. If you have a question for us you'd love for us to answer, please feel free to shoot us an email, eventbrew at helloendless.com. We love getting your questions, like Berkeley's over here. Or if you're not a big fan of your email, feel free to tag hashtag eventbrew on LinkedIn or Twitter. Give us a shout and ask us your questions away. But yeah, should we get out of here and go continue recording more eventbrew? Were you yeah. recording again today? <laughs> <laughs> Joke's oh. on you. Oh. All right, everyone. We'll see you later. Thanks again for tuning in to Event Brew. Bye. Don't bye. make me do this twice. <laughs> okay. Bye. Say bye, Nick. Say bye, bye Nick. Say bye, Nick. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on a vent roof.